everybody here has trouble. Some of you have emotional trouble. Does anybody have any emotional trouble? Um, some of you have physical trouble. You have physical ailments, health issues. You've got physical trouble. Some of you have marital trouble. Um, you have relational trouble. We have parenting trouble. There's just, we just live in a troubled world. But can I tell you, your greatest trouble is spiritual trouble. The person here today that is in the most trouble and who needs the most help has the greatest opportunity to experience the help of the Holy Spirit. Welcome to Resonate with Trent Griffith, Senior Pastor of Harvest Bible Chapel in Granger, Indiana. I'm Aaron Paulus. So in 1965, the Beatles released an album with this as the title song. Help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, you know I need someone. Well, I was negative 14 years old when that came out. But John Lennon said later that when he wrote that song, he was subconsciously crying out for help. He just didn't know it at the time. the same can be said for many of us. Sometimes we don't even realize how badly we need help until the walls all come crashing in on us. Now, the Christian actually does have someone who is our ultimate helper. It's the Holy Spirit. And no matter what kind of trouble you might be facing, God the Holy Spirit is right there with you, offering His help. Here's Pastor Trent with more. I want you to know the goal of this series is not to study the Holy Spirit. The goal of this series is for us to experience the Holy Spirit. And so we are going after really the heart of God. We're spiritual beings who worship a spiritual God, and we need spiritual help. You've come to the right place if you need help this morning. It's challenging as a preacher. I have given my life to bringing clarity to this book. And yet when it comes to the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, there is a lot of mystery. And so it's a bit of a paradox. We want to embrace the clarity of the Holy Bible without losing the mystery of the Holy Spirit. And so it is a bit of a mystery to study someone who's described as a spirit or the King James Version says a ghost. And yet we're supposed to bring clarity to that. That's a challenge as a preacher. Here's the big idea of the message today. It is this, God has provided helpless people all the help they will ever need to live as God intended in a troubled world. This message is actually only for helpless people. As we approach this, it's one thing to say, I could use a little help. And it's another thing to say, I am absolutely helpless without the help of the Holy Spirit. And so this is only for helpless people. And so if you've got enough help, you can be dismissed. I'll give you some time to get up and leave. Three, two, one. Okay, we only have helpless people in the room. 
This is, this is who the message is for. Now, when we talk about help, I really want you to understand, you will never understand the help of the Holy Spirit until you realize how helpless you are. Um, I was trying to think about an illustration for this this, this week, and uh, I, I thought of how when Andrea lets us know in the home that we're having company come over, as we did on Friday night, uh, there is a process that has to happen. The dining room table, which normally seats six people, has to expand to fit more people. And so it's my job to make this thing get bigger. And fortunately, it's expandable. All you have to do is put in a couple of leaves in the table. Are you familiar with the concept of adding leaves to the table? And this is not a one-man job. I've tried to do this before as a one-man thing. I've made holes in walls. It's not a one-man job. So I have to go grab Scott. Scott gets on one end of the table. I get on the other end of the table and we pull, we put the leaves in, then we shove it back together. And you, you need two people to do that. But please hear me. If your concept of the Holy Spirit is like you're on one end of the table providing half of the work and the Holy Spirit's on the other end of the table providing the other half of the work, you do not understand the help of the Holy Spirit, okay? Um, as a matter of fact, it's more, like, it's more like an escalator, okay? I wanna show you what my relationship with the Holy Spirit is like. Now, in this video, I am the man and the Holy Spirit is the escalator. Here's what kind of help you need. Let me describe what's happening in the video. Maybe you've seen it before. There's a businessman with a briefcase. He steps on an escalator that's going up. The man falls and is sprawled on his back. He's not hurt, but it's really awkward. So he helplessly tries to regain his balance as the escalator moves him up to the next floor. Now, back to Pastor Trent. Notice the man is not contributing anything at all toward going up, okay? Uh, the Holy Spirit is the one who gets us where we need to go, okay? And so if you think that somehow you're the guy, when you see an escalator, the escalator's just there to get you to the top faster. No, that's not it. You don't run up the escalator while it's moving, okay? You just somehow hold on and the Holy Spirit does all the work, okay? You're as helpless as the man in the video, all right? So we're, this, is, this message is only for helpless people, all right? So we're gonna die dive into it, we're going to learn three things about the help of the Holy Spirit. The first is this, the Holy Spirit helps hearts that are troubled. Let's begin reading in John chapter 14, verse 1. Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I not have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. And yet one of the remedial disciples, Thomas, spoke up and said, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, one of the most famous verses in the Bible, I am the way, I am the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In other words, you're helpless. And so in this passage, Jesus is speaking to troubled hearts. Do you see it there in verse one? Just underline the word troubled. Jesus says, I don't want your hearts to be troubled. And yet, 
Every heart is hopelessly troubled without the help of the Holy Spirit. Nothing troubles a heart more than when we lose someone that we love. And in this paragraph of scripture, Jesus is telling these guys who have followed him for three years, who have deeply loved him and have become deeply dependent upon them, Jesus is telling them for the first time, fellas, I'm leaving you. But don't let your hearts be troubled. Have you ever experienced the loss of someone that you love? Mother, father, sister, brother, son, daughter, husband, wife, and they said, I'm leaving. Nothing troubles a heart like losing someone that you love. And that was what these disciples were sensing and feeling for the first time. Jesus was leaving them. How are they going to continue to live without him? How are they going to accomplish the mission without him? Jesus is announcing he's leaving and it's troubling to a heart like Thomas is like, wait, why, how? We don't know where you're going. We don't know how to get there. That's what they were experiencing. They were experiencing the loss of someone that they loved. How many of you have a dog? You have a dog? How many of you know the, you know, the, the advantages and disadvantages of, of dog life? And it's like, he's too cute to throw away, but... There are times you want to throw him away and the only thing that saves his life is his cuteness on most days, right? So we have a dog. His name is Murray. This is Murray. I knew you'd say that. <laughs> now, I, what you are observing right now is, is Murray's best thing. That's it, okay? That is his highest value right there. Okay? Murray's been with us about five years and uh, Murray loves everybody in our family. He comes running when we come in. He likes to sit, snuggle with us. He follows us, shadows us around the house. That's that's Murray's best things. He, He loves to be with people, but Murray does not like it when you leave him. As a matter of fact, when we bought him at the pet store, the, the pet store person said, now you need to know something about this brand of dog. Uh, the Havanese, they, they have attachment issues. They don't like to be left alone. And we've discovered that actually Murray becomes quite destructive when he's left alone. The last time he was left alone, we came home and saw this. I knew you'd say that too. It's like Murray takes his vengeance out that we, would, that we would leave him alone. Now listen, you are as destructive as Murray when you are left alone. The most dangerous, destructive individual is the disciple of Jesus who is operating alone. You have a troubled heart living in a troubled world and to try to deal with the trouble alone creates destruction and chaos everywhere. Jesus doesn't want you to be left alone. Jesus didn't intend for these guys to be left alone, but they're grappling with living in a troubled world 
alone. Everybody here has trouble. Some of you have emotional trouble. Does anybody have any emotional trouble? It's just like you're looking outside today. It's like that is causing some emotional trouble. It's ugly out there, right? Um, some of you have physical trouble. You have physical ailments, health issues. You've got physical trouble. Some of you have marital trouble. Um, if you're married, you have marital trouble. Um, you have relational trouble. We have parenting trouble. There's just, we just live in a troubled world. But can I tell you, the Holy Spirit can help you with all of that, but you have to understand your greatest trouble is spiritual trouble. Your, the greatest need you have is for help spiritually. I don't know about you, but I have trouble believing God. And Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. I'm like, as if that fixes everything. Believe in God. Believe also in me. True. If I, could, if I could always believe God, that would reduce the trouble in the world. If everybody was believing God, that would reduce the trouble in the world. But we have trouble believing God. Jesus says in verse 6, he says, I am the, I am the truth. Well, it's great. All I have to do is believe the truth. But I have trouble believing the truth. I tend to believe lies. I get deceived. I believe myths. I believe things about me are not true. I believe things about God that are not true. I believe things about you that are not true. And so I have trouble believing in God. Everybody needs help to believe God. I have trouble following God. Jesus says, I am the way. Thomas had trouble following. He's like, I don't know the way. How do I, if you show me the way, I, I would do a better job following. I have trouble following God. I need some help in my efforts to follow God. I have trouble living for God. Jesus says, I am the life. Yes, I should be living the life Jesus lived. I don't know about you, I have trouble living the life that Jesus lived. I need help living the life that Jesus lived, living a life for God. And I have trouble knowing God. Jesus says, you can't even come to the Father except through me. I need help knowing God. Everybody needs help. Now the good news is this, Jesus promised that all the help I'll ever need for believing God, following God, living God, and knowing God is available. He says in verse um, seven, if you had known me, you would have known my father. Also, from now on, you do know him and have seen him. And Philip said, Lord, show us the father. That's enough. No, Jesus just said, you've seen the Father when you've seen me. And Philip said, show me the Father. Like, You're not getting it. And Jesus didn't answer that prayer, mainly because if Jesus had actually shown Philip the Father, it would have melted Philip's face off. It's not a great plan to, for unholy eyes to look on absolute holiness in the Father. And so he says, no, you've seen me, so you've seen the Father. That's what he says in verse 9. Jesus said to him, I have been with you for so long and you still do not know me, Philip. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show me the Father? Verse 10, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak of my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Verse 11, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me or else believe on account of the works themselves. And so Jesus was trying to see, don't you see, Philip? You experience the Father when you experience me, 
That's great news. You have help because I am here. You've got all the help you need to know the Father. Now, all of that is great news if you lived in Israel in the first century. Because Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Here's the problem for those of us that live in Granger in the 21st century. None of us have seen Jesus. So how are we supposed to see the Father? Do you understand that those disciples had something we don't have? So for us, it should trouble our hearts that we're supposed to believe God, follow God, live for God, and know God at a season and in a geographical territory, we don't have access to Jesus. Does that trouble anybody's heart? That ought to trouble your heart. I wonder if we took everybody in this room, there's probably like 500 people in this room. I wonder if somehow we could rank you in terms of the people that need the most help, that have the most trouble, all the way down the line to the person that has the least trouble and needs the least help in this room. How many of you feel like you'd be on this end of the scale? Feel like, like man, if you knew, if you only knew the troubles I've seen, and the help that I need, you would realize I'm like in the top five. I mean, some of you are looking around the room like, yeah, most of these people don't look like they need much help. I need the help. Do you understand the person here today that is in the most trouble and who needs the most help has the greatest opportunity to experience the help of the Holy Spirit? if you would simply acknowledge how helpless you are to do those things and lean into the power of God, you say, but wait a minute, you're telling me I didn't live in the time of Jesus, so it's like, how can I know the Father if I haven't seen Jesus? Glad you ask. That leads us to the next point. The Holy Spirit helps us experience God's presence. Look here at verse 16. This is our key verse this morning. Jesus is teaching, and he says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. We talk a lot about the work of Jesus Christ at this church. Hope you've noticed. We talk a lot about what Jesus accomplished on the cross, that he died on that cross as a substitute for the sin of every person who would believe. And we've sung about it this morning. The cross was enough. The cross was enough. And we, we believe that and we wrap our lives around that. Not only with the work that Jesus did on the cross, but the work that Jesus did in conquering death, in coming out of the grave. That three days later, he rose victoriously over sin. He defeated sin. And that same resurrection power that rose Jesus from the dead is available to you and me this morning. Now, we talk a lot about that. 
How do we know that Jesus died on a cross in my place as a substitute for my sin? How do we know that he was raised from the dead? Why do we celebrate those things? Listen, you and I weren't there. The only way the work of Jesus on the cross and the work of Jesus coming out of the grave has any meaning to us is if the Holy Spirit helps us to believe that. The work of Jesus on the cross and the work of Jesus coming out of the grave is actually inaccessible to us until or unless the Holy Spirit makes that come alive to you. Otherwise, that is just ancient history. It's just words on a page because it happened 2,000 years ago. But for those of us who have received the help of the Holy Spirit, it makes what Jesus did on the cross and out of the grave experiential for us. That's the only way that we can have access to the Father. And Jesus said, I'm leaving you someone in my place that can make that real for you, not for just the people that lived during the 33-year history in the geographical territory where Jesus lived, but for every person on, in every place who would believe what Jesus did on that cross and coming out of that grave, experienced by the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit makes the events that happened in ancient history applicable and experiential for us today. Verse 16 says, Jesus prays this prayer. I will ask the Father, I will give you another helper. Do you see the word another in that verse? It's a very important word. When he says another, the word actually means another of the same kind, the exact same kind. Jesus promised to send another just like him to take his place on the earth. Someone with the same nature, the same values, the same vision, the same power, the same authority, the same mission that Jesus has is coming to take the place of Jesus. That's what was reassuring these disciples. Their hearts didn't have to be troubled because they weren't actually being left alone. Even though Jesus was leaving, he wasn't leaving them alone. He was sending them another helper. He is not an impersonal force. If you somehow have a Star Wars theology of the Holy Spirit that he's the force out there somewhere and sometimes he moves and sometimes he doesn't and it's really hard to know who he is or if he has a name, you don't have a biblical understanding of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said he has the same nature as God. He is God. He has all the attributes of God. He has all the attributes of a personal God. The Holy Spirit has intellect. He has emotion. The Holy Spirit makes choices. The Holy Spirit commissions. The Holy Spirit sends. The Holy Spirit opens doors. The Holy Spirit closes doors. The Holy Spirit prays. The Holy Spirit listens to prayer. He answers prayer. The Holy Spirit speaks. And the Holy Spirit can be grieved. And so the help is personal. And the help makes God real to us. Namely, because he is God. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. Now, the word Trinity never appears in the Bible. 
It's a man-made word that theologians have created to describe what we see happening all over the Bible. As a matter of fact, verse 16, if you were paying attention, mentions all three persons of the Trinity. Jesus is speaking and he says, I, God the Son, will ask the Father, the first person of the Trinity, and he will give you another. The third person of the Trinity, verse 17 says, it's the spirit of truth. And so when we speak of the Trinity, it is super hard to make any sense of this. This is one of the things where the the paradox of clarity and mystery kind of overtake us a little bit. But when we talk about the, the Holy Spirit, we have to understand He is God. God is three persons. Each person is God. And yet, how many gods are there? There's one God. Do we worship three gods? No. How many persons are God? Three. How many gods are there? One, you're contradicting yourself. No, you're not. It's the Trinity. There's mystery there. It's hard to understand. It's hard to explain. But Jesus, the second person of the Trinity, asked the Father, the first person of the Trinity, to send the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, as our helper. Do you see it there? He is another helper. Now, depending on your translation, it may use the word helper, it may use the word comforter, it may use the word advocate, all good words. But here's what we're learning. The the helper is a personal, powerful presence for every true disciple. The word helper there comes from the Greek word parakletos. Turn to your neighbor and impress them with your Greek and say parakletos. Now, just turn back to that person. It's like, yeah, that means you need help, okay? So don't get, you need to fool, fool yourself there. Parakletos, what does that mean? Now, you may not understand what a parakletos is, but it means, it just simply means one who comes alongside of. One who comes alongside of. So, like, okay, well, what does that mean for me personally? You may not know what a parakletos is, but I bet you know what a paramedic is. How many of you have ever been so helpless You've had an episode or something, and you found yourself in the embarrassing position of someone that loved you called 911, and the paramedics had to rush to your aid and meet you at your worst possible moment. How many of you have had that embarrassing situation happen? Now, you were totally helpless in that moment. You couldn't do anything for yourself. You couldn't improve your condition until someone else came alongside of you. To provide help, you couldn't provide for yourself. Are you grateful that there was somebody trained and available that had given their life to rush to you, to interrupt their schedule when you were at your worst to come and help you get to a better place? That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit is sometimes misunderstood and underappreciated. And I hope that hearing Trent Griffith's teaching from John chapter 14 is helping you gain a more clear understanding of the Holy Spirit. We'll hear the rest of the message next week on Resonate. And if you'd like to review this program or any other past programs on Resonate, you'll find them all at harvestgranger.org slash resonate. And if you're looking for a church where you can hear solid, Bible-based, Christ-exalting teaching like what you heard on Resonate, think about visiting Harvest Bible Chapel for one of our worship services. 
For more information about service times and where we're located, simply go to harvestgranger.org. Again, that's harvestgranger.org. And be sure to follow us on Facebook by searching for Harvest Bible Chapel Granger. Well, do you know how Christians today have an advantage over the very disciples that were sitting there listening to Jesus speak? If you say it has something to do with the Holy Spirit, you're right. We'll hear more about that next week. Thanks for listening today. I'm Aaron Paulus, and my prayer is that God's Word would resonate in your heart and mind this week. Resonate with Trent Griffith is a radio and podcast ministry of Harvest Bible Chapel Granger. Visit us online at harvestgranger.org.